Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I, I want to um, I want to brag on our church for just a minute. I know we we shouted out Awaken Church. You know we don't worship our church, but our church is like to me it's the lifeline to everything, right? Like to me, if I look at what my life looked like nine years ago, and it, actually you know what guys, it wasn't that bad. Like it was pretty good. But if I look at what I what it looked like nine years ago compared to the day, it, it's a miracle. It's nothing short of a miracle. And I'm not, I'm not saying that things were jacked up. I mean, like I had a good marriage. Like I came from a pretty good church back in Virginia Beach and, you know, came out here. But it's just stuff open and awakened in me. And in fact, some of you don't know, but our church actually used to be called C3 Church. But the fact that we changed the name to Awaken Church before all this pandemic nonsense happened a couple years ago was just unreal. It's just like prophetic and unreal. And I can say that Awakened Church truly sums up what this place is to me because it awakened things in me that I didn't even know were there. You know, like I didn't even know were there. It, 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 it showed me that there were dreams and desires and things in my heart that I didn't even know were there. There's things that I'm doing now in ministry to be called like a powerful minister is like crazy. It's weird. You know what I mean? Like I'd have never thought that would be something that would be associated with my name. Like I would have never even had the capacity to want that or, or even know what that was. And now like, it's not like I, 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 I carry that like, oh, I'm a power. By the way, did you know that I'm a powerful minister? You know, it's, I don't have like a business card or anything that says that, you know, I don't even have a business card anymore, but it's kind of funny. We don't roll like that anyways. Um, but to just think and see how God uses my life and the things in me is amazing. And, and it's cool. Sometimes we can get confused with kingdom stuff is like, it's all, it's all about like what I do, but actually what's funny is it's like what he's done leads to what I do. Because if he hasn't really been, if I haven't given him access to do things in me, then the things that I do will never satisfy me. Because the way I operate now is like, it's, there's like a flow that comes from heaven that flows out. This doesn't mean that every day is perfect, but what it does mean that I don't operate in my own strength. I operate in God's strength. And when I partner with him, he has unlimited potential, unlimited capacity. He doesn't want to put a ceiling over me. He doesn't even want to do that. He wants to go, hey, son, I just want to see that you're faithful and obedient. And if you are, I can trust you with a whole bunch of stuff. And if I put stuff in your hands, I want to see what you do with it. And if you're trustworthy with it, then I'm going to put more in your hands. Before you know it, you're going to have to put two hands out. Before you know it, you're going to have to get a bucket. Before you know it, you're going to have to back a truck up in here and see what I trust you with. So these are, this is all things like whether it's monetary, whether it's possessions, whether it's spiritual things, everything is about God's just looking for someone that he can trust. And I'm happy to, to be in that fight, to be like, God, let me show you how I can be trustworthy. 
So I just love, I love this place. Guys, if you are new here, if you're kind of new here, if you're kind of on the fence, you're kind of like, eh, I don't know. Let me just tell you that the process that we have here works. If you'll just start coming and start attending and just be part, be present, make this your home. If you'll start serving, if you'll get on a team, you'll go to our our DNA classes, you'll start doing that. Look, we're not trying to get you on a team because we need slave labor. Like we don't need that. Like we don't, we don't need you. Like that's not why we want to do it. The reason we, we want you to be on a team is because that's something God can see that he can trust you with. Like, hey, can I trust you with something? Because God has given you a measure of time, treasure, and talent in every single thing that you do, right? So those are the things that you have. You have time, you have treasure, and you have your abilities. What do I do with those things, right? All throughout. So what do I do with them in the church? What do I do with them at home? What do I do with them in the workplace? What do I do with them out in the world? So the reason we want you to serve, the reason we want you to get in a connect group is because we know it's actually the best thing for you. And guess what? Sometimes you might get in a connect group. You might be like, this connect group doesn't really fit me. Fine, go to another one. Go find another one. It's totally cool. There's no obligation to stay. Go find one that does work for you. We have so many opportunities. I'm just telling you guys, like, if, uh, you know, if I was, um, want to hear from someone with retrospective, like, when I look in retrospect, like, just the fact that I stayed planted is, like, everything. And look, there's things I'm working on in life too. Like, sure, I don't got it all perfectly figured out. But my goodness, the life that I live now, and listen, it's inside. It's like what's inside of me. Because like, I never thought it was possible to be like the same person all the time. I didn't think that was even a thing. Like seriously, you guys, I was in the military 22 years. I had like a, like a, a, a military persona. I had a friendship persona. I had a church persona when I went. I had a home persona. I had all these kind of things, and they were kind of all different. They were kind of all competing, and it had to look different in a certain way. I'm telling you now, I live what true freedom to me is, is being the best version of you that God created in every environment that you're in. That's what freedom is. So I'll tell you right now, if you don't have that, I'm not mad at you, but that's not freedom. There's areas of your life that are not free. This doesn't give you the right to just be like the you, the negative you that's all jacked up and be like, I'll just keep it real. I just do it, you know, like that's lame. That's lame. That's dysfunctional. It's not giving you a right to be dysfunctional because I've just always been dysfunctional. No, get some revelation on stuff. See who, see who God's created you to be. Be that person in every environment. Oh, and by the way, it's the only thing that's sustainable. Because when you live like a double life, when you live a compartmentalized life, when you are one way in one environment and another way in another, you are actually a house divided. And the Bible says that a house divided cannot stand. Okay, cool. I'm just... We're just going. Anyways, let me pray real quick. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for this night. I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you for the words that you've put in my spirit. I surrender and yield myself to you. Let your words speak through me. Let what your people need to hear come through me. I get out of the way. I allow you to operate. May my words honor you. May the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. O Lord, you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, cool. Forgot to pray before. It's on my notes, pray. Once you get going, screw it up. It's also on my notes to honor, because like I just, I mean, I, I'm pretty honorable, I think, but sometimes you just start get going, and you're like, oh, crap. Hey, did, can Pastor John and Becky, don't forget about them. They're cool. I did it. I did it right away, though. It was great. 
they might invite me back. Okay, check it out. We were called to do crazy stuff, like crazy stuff. You know, the series we're in now is about the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and the way we're able to do, called to do crazy stuff is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift to each and every believer. Now, there's activation that comes with it, but there's a gift to every believer. There's a lot of places that, that we're good. We don't need the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of places that say that. We don't need it. So all it's left is rules, regulations, and guilt and shame. You know what I mean? Just to kind of keep you shackled and you're just like, well, hopefully someday I'll go to heaven. I don't understand this. There's no power in my life. But the power of the Holy Spirit was crazy. When the Holy Spirit came, like regular people did insane stuff. Like regular people walked by, like, and their shadows walked by people who were sick or demon possessed and the demons left and they got healed. Like they didn't even pray for them. They did crazy things. We were called to live a life like that. There's a book in the Bible called the book of Acts. It's the acts of the apostles of Jesus Christ, the disciples of Jesus Christ, people who followed Jesus Christ. And the book of Acts is still being written today by our lives. We get to actually participate in this. And if you read through that, you see all these crazy things that happened by a bunch of people who no one ever thought they would do anything crazy. Who they just thought, ah, they're just, who, who even are you? Fishermen, you're this, you're that. You know, the disciples were, you know, there's like five fishermen. You know what I mean? And, and um, they went out and literally the reason we're sitting here today is because of that. Because Jesus grabbed 12 people and said, hey, come and follow me and let's go do some crazy stuff. And they're like, okay, well, I guess I'll follow you and see what's going on. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna try, to, um, I'm gonna try to, to tell a story where I'm gonna summarize a lot of stuff in the gospels. I'm gonna try to tell this story through kind of like my, my idea of the perspective of some of the, the original disciples, probably mainly Peter and stuff like that. But I'm gonna try and, 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 and what I want you to do is as I'm going through the story, I, I, I want you to remember that, that nobody started off ready. Like nobody started off like, oh, okay, Jesus, I'm good. Like, yeah, um, any, like all just like, oh my gosh, like what is even going on? Like I was used to fishing. I was used to collecting taxes. I was used to this, I was whatever. Nobody started ready, but they all, they all had something in common. They all decided, okay, I'll follow this guy. It's crazy, but I'm going to follow him and see what happens. And they all did crazy stuff. And then the people who came after them and after them and after them, all of us, all of us, we, have, we all have the potential to live that crazy kingdom life, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, to see miracles and signs and wonders, to be the change, to be the environment changers. And I guarantee you, when these guys were first called, they didn't think, they didn't even know what was gonna happen. They didn't think any, any of that stuff was gonna happen or even possible, but they started to. So I want you, as we're going through the story, I want you to maybe visualize yourself and just think about it. And I'm gonna do my best to tell the story. I'm an okay storyteller. I tell this story about Kevin the giraffe to my kids every night. We're in part like 58 right now. So we've been doing pretty good and we just go all over the place. It's, I think we're gonna do a YouTube channel on it. Pretty crazy, Larry the lion, Steve the squirrel, and my son's in it, of course, you know? So anyway, so we'll see what happens. So here these guys are. They're, um, there's, there's these fishermen, and they're out, and uh, they're fishing. And then they see someone like on the beach, and he comes in, and he's like, he's like, hey, why don't you come and follow me? 
And they're like, they drop all, we drop, they drop all their stuff. And I'm going to go in and out of like first and third person. So just bear with me. If I suck at storytelling, tell me afterwards. If it's really bad, Pastor John or Becky, just come tackle me. Just take the mic and just start praying for people. It'll be cool. Or just say, hey, just start praying. Just start praying. It's going to be cool. Okay, just start praying. Anyways, okay. So we drop our stuff and we walk over and he says, hey, come and follow me. And I'm going to make you fishers of men. I don't even know why we did it, but there was something about this guy. It was crazy. It was like something was drawing me to him. So I dropped my net. I left my boat and I started to follow him. And then he, we were walking through these different places, these towns, and he would start to tell about things of the kingdom. And we're like, the kingdom? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he would, he would teach us things, and he, he showed us things, and, and we, but we, we, we just knew that, that there was something about him that drew us in, and we had to be there. Like, we had to be with him. Like, I didn't even understand why I gave up everything, but that's what I did. I was like, I'm just going to follow him and see. And then... He did all these crazy things, miracles. Look, he'd never seen anything like it. There's one time we were, he was, he was speaking about the kingdom to tons of people, like thousands of people. And it was getting late in the night and they were or late in the afternoon, whenever. And uh, everyone was hungry. And we're like, let's go send them away. And he's like, no, hey, what do you got? What do we got? I'm like, man we got some loaves and some fish, but nothing to feed thousands of people. And he said, oh, let me pray over that and see. This is in my language too, so it's not all quoted perfectly from the Bible. Okay, this is like, this is like updated Tom stuff. If it's, if it's a heresy, Pastor Shelley or Pastor Quacha, come jack me up, please. Um, it's not, it's not heresy. It's just, it's like Cliff's Notes. Okay, okay. Remember Cliff's Notes? Anyone ever do like a book report and do it with just the Cliff's Notes? All right, cool. Or anyone just watch the video instead? It's cool. Anyways, you'll see there'll be a few segues out of here. I promise we're going to pray for people and it's going to be good. Anyways, so, so Jesus, he looked up, he actually gave thanks for these loaves and these fishes. And there was like hard, like we couldn't have even eat this stuff, right? There's 12 of us, one of him. He gave thanks. He looked up in the heaven, he gave thanks. And all of a sudden it was like, he's like, now distribute this stuff. And so we took all the, it was like, we just kept taking stuff out and feeding people. We just kept doing it. We just kept doing it. And everybody got to be fed to the point where there were 12 basketfuls left over. What in the world just happened? Like, okay, okay, cool, all right. So I know if we're hungry, I know who we need to go to. It's gonna be, gonna be great. Another time, he was speaking in a house or just like this structure, and um, there, was, uh, there was this man who was on a mat and his friends were carrying him. We saw him outside, but they like couldn't get in. You know, everyone's like trying to get in because they just, just like us, like we gave up everything to follow him. Everybody that was around was like, I want to be part of this. Like, I want to see what's going on. We saw these guys out there. We didn't say anything. Um, and then the next thing we knew, uh, the, the, the dust in the, in the ceiling starts to fall through. And then all of a sudden we know there's this hole and they're lowering, these four guys are lowering their buddy down onto the ground. And we saw Jesus, he looks and he goes, okay, cool. Because your faith, he's healed. And then he got up. He walked away. He, for, he said he forgave his sins. He got up, he walked away, and he was totally fine. The man had been, you know, from what we know, had been paralyzed his whole life. What the heck? Okay, so if I'm hungry, I come to you. If I'm broken, I come to you. Okay, cool. I get it. 
another time we were, you know, the five of us are fishermen. Like that was our thing. You know, we used to, we used to fish on the Sea of Galilee all the time. And one time we, uh, we had, uh, we'd, we'd set out on the water and um, the, the seas were like super rough. It was crazy. It was insane. And Jesus was with us, but he's racked out. He's like laying in the back, sleeping. And we're all like freaking out. We've never seen anything like this. Like, first of all, the Sea of Galilee is actually not like a sea. It's not like the Pacific Ocean. It's like a gigantic lake. So the waves, to get waves like that is completely insane. Like it's crazy, like how it was. And we are professional fishermen. We've seen this stuff our whole lives, but we've never seen anything like this to the point where we think we're going to die. And we're like, master, get up. Aren't, don't you care that we're going to die? And he's like, come on. He's like, stop. He got up and he just goes, peace be still. And all of a sudden the wind and the waves just stopped. Everything stopped. It was like flat calm. So first of all, it would be one thing if it like calmed down over time, because that's kind of what storms do, right? Over time, they calm down. But it was instantaneous. We went from back and forth, up and down, all this stuff. Everyone else was puking. It was rough to all of a sudden, flat calm. And we were like, who is this that speaks to even the wind and the waves and they obey him? And they obeyed him in an instant. So we saw... So now I know, like, if I'm hungry, come to you. If I'm broken, come to you. And if I need the weather to shift, come to you. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. There was another time that um, we were out on the, he told us to, to put off, we were, we were meeting with some folks. He told us to go to the other side of the lake, of the sea, whatever you want to call it. Anyways, he told us to go over there. And uh, it was, again, it was pretty rough, but it wasn't like that, that other time. And uh, we looked out and we saw this figure like walking on the, we're in the middle of this thing. And we saw this figure like walking on the water. And we're like, is that a ghost? And then it was like, Jesus, he's like, oh, it's not a, not a ghost, it's me. And then I, then I, Peter, at this moment, I'm Peter. Okay, <laughs> kind of going in and out and all this stuff. I was like, master, if it's you, command me to come to you. And then Jesus was like, come. So I got out of the boat, I stepped on, and it's like this. And I stepped again, and I got my eyes on him because he's told me to come to him, and I know that there's something in his voice when he speaks, there's power. Like I've seen when he speaks, the wind and the waves calm down, so if he could just tell me to come to him that there's power, and I'll get there. So I step, and it's like I'm stepping on dry land. And first I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, and I'm keeping an eye on him. And then I, I kind of looked around, I took my eyes off Jesus, and I began to sink, and I cried out for help, and then he's right there. And he picked me up, and he pulled me out, and put me on. And you know, I, he felt I felt bad for that, because like, I probably could have walked across the lake and not had to deal with stinking water anymore, but whatever. Anyways, but the fact that I was able to step, and even more so that he was walking on water, it was like, even I was able to um, circumvent like the laws of gravity, like natural laws, like, like it's deep. It wasn't like it was shallow. It was like, I sunk. When I went down, I sunk. And he picked me up as though he was standing on solid ground. Not only was it like, not only was he able to stand up, but he was able to grab my weight and pick me up. Another time we were, um, we had gone over to this, this place and there was this man 
I mean, he was like, we didn't really see stuff like this before, but he was demon-possessed. He was living out in like a graveyard kind of thing. He was naked. He was chained up. He'd break chains. He was going off. He's on the outskirts of town. And as we come up, you know, Jesus is like, yeah, we're going to go see this guy. And we're like, is that really a good idea? Anyways, that I'm adding into the story. That's, that's me ad-libbing, okay? That's not actually in the Bible. I'm sure they had questions, though. I mean, why wouldn't they? That'd be crazy. Even though they've seen all that stuff, they're still like, are you sure we want to go mess with this guy? Like... He's freaking weird. He's out of control. Anyways, and then the guy yells at us. He's like, what have you, you come to like, you come to torment me? And then like, Jesus, is, he's, like, he's like talking to him. He just says, hey man, you, you need to get out of here. Oh, what's your name, by the way? And the thing goes, I'm legion, because we are many. And go, hey, just let, allow us to go into this, this herd of pigs over here. And Jesus is like, go. And goes into, and we see this whole herd of pigs that was chilling and eating stuff before. Now it just runs off the edge of a cliff and they all die into the water. And then the guy was fine. He was of sound mind. I'm like, okay, cool. That's pretty amazing. Okay. So if I need to walk on water, see Jesus. If I need sound mind, see Jesus. Cool. It's great. One of the last ones I'll tell was um, a synagogue leader. A guy's name was Jairus. He actually like came to, to Jesus, and he was like, my daughter is sick. I, would you come and pray for her? And Jesus was like, of course, yeah, yeah, we'll come. We'll cruise on over. So we decide we're all walking through this marketplace, this area, you know, and there's tons of people around. They're all over. And we're walking, you know, Jesus is with us, and we're right next to him. We're heading to Jairus' house. We're going to go pray. Jesus, we're going to see what happens. And then all of a sudden, Jesus stops, and he goes, hey, who touched me? And we're like, excuse me? Who touched you? You're in a freaking market, like a marketplace. Everyone is touching you. Like every, like look, that guy touched you, that guy touched you, that guy touched, like everyone is touching him. And he's like, no, something was different. Something was different. He told us, he said, something was different when this person touched me because when they touched me, I felt power come out. I felt like faith, there was something that came out because everyone else is touching me, but they're not really expecting anything in return. But this person touched me and they expected something in return. So I want to know, I just want to know who was it. And then we look over and there's this young lady over there and she's kind of like, like shy and scared, but she's like, it was me. And I felt like if I just touched like the hem of your garment that I could be healed because I've been bleeding for 12 years. I've spent all my money on doctors. I've spent all my money chasing these other things and nothing has worked, but I just felt like if I touched the hem of your garment, something would shift. And Jesus, we saw him and he was like, oh, wow, okay, that is great faith. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. So in a moment, her 12 years of bleeding. And, and oh, and by the way, in, um, uh, you know, she would have been considered unclean, which means she wouldn't have had access to the things that most people in society would have access to because she was bleeding. 12 years, she was outcast, she was ostracized. She actually could have been like killed for what she did for touching someone because if she touched someone, they would then become unclean. But the master saw different, Jesus saw different and he healed her in a moment. So we continued on, that was pretty cool. We continued on, headed to Jairus' house to go pray for his daughter. And uh, on our way there, some people come and they say, hey, it's too late. Like, she's dead. She's dead. Just don't even bother. Don't even bother the teacher. Like, don't even, you know, and, and we see Jairus is distraught and all that stuff. And Jesus is like, oh, she's not dead. She's fine. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, here, let's just keep going. And they're like, 
no, like she's actually dead. Like she's dead. He's like, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And there's all these people like, like around the house, like crying. And some were actually like laughing at us because we were going to go in and pray. Like when Jesus said that she's just sleeping, they, they, they were laughing at him saying like, he's crazy. So he kicked them out and he took me, James and John. And we went into the, John's cool name, right? It's no big deal. Thomas, doubting. Like, what? It's crazy. Thank you. But my first name is Michael Archangel. He's pretty sweet. He's pretty awesome. I don't go by it, though. Pretty sick. Okay. Anyways. Um, and I think my last name kind of means shepherd, doesn't foster? I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, we're going to pretend like it does. Somebody look that up. Let's see. Anyways. So he goes into where, where the daughter is, and he says, little girl, get up. And then she gets up, and she's fine. So we saw someone who was dead come to life. So now I know if I need life, he's the source. So if I call on his name, he's the source. Crazy, crazy stuff. Then, check this out. So after we saw him do all these things, he said, hey, I'm going to send you guys out two by two, and you guys are going to go cast out demons, you're going to heal the sick, and you're going to proclaim the kingdom to people. And we're like, okay. Okay, cool. So just, I'm, I'm giving you authority. Use my name. Go do it. I went out and did all kinds of cool stuff, and they came back, and they're like, Jesus, this is crazy. Even the demons flee in your name. Like, they, they fleed from us. This was crazy. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. I, I, I knew. I knew it already. Like, <laughs> duh. But don't celebrate about that. Celebrate that your name is written in the book of life. Celebrate that your eternity is sealed. Celebrate that you are one of mine. And then there was one time that he started asking us, like, who, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And I, Peter, was like, you know, everyone was saying other stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, you're, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And Jesus was like, man, that's awesome. You got it right. My father revealed this to you. Oh, it felt so good. This was awesome. I had the revelation that he was the Messiah. I don't even know where it came from. It just dropped in my spirit. And then another time we went up on a mountain. He took us up on a mountain. He put me, James, and John up on a mountain. And we saw some of the patriarchs. We saw like him and they were like transfigured. And we're like, let's make some altars. And he's like, don't even worry about that. Just the fact that you got to see this stuff is pretty cool. And it was crazy because the stuff that he did was worthy of the honor that a king, like, like, a, like it should be honored like a king, but he always told us that being a servant was better. Like he came, he's like, hey, you know, I could have come to be served, but the, I actually, my mission was to come and be a servant. And that was the example that I was going to set. And there was multiple times that we were with him and he said, hey guys, like, Actually, I'm going to leave you pretty soon. Like, I'm going to be put to death. He actually told us multiple times, and every time we're like, nah, not going to happen. I remember um, we did this, we did this, uh, we came into Jerusalem, and this was before he said, this was after he said, one of the, I think one of the, I can't remember which time he said he was going to die. But he said, like, hey, there's going to be uh, somebody who has a donkey. I need you to go and get this donkey and tell him it's for the master, and then we're going to go in. And so we're like, okay, cool. So we show up to a house, and we see there's this donkey tied up outside. We go to take him. might have been called a colt, whatever, kind of, I don't know, isn't a colt a male donkey? I don't know, maybe. Anyways, 
so we go to take them, and then, and then the owner comes out and says, hey, what are you doing? He said, hey, this is for the master. He's like, okay, cool, go ahead and take it. So Jesus sits on this thing, and we come into Jerusalem, and we're being celebrated. People are like, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They're throwing down palm branches, and they're doing stuff, and we're coming in, and we're like, this is going to be awesome because now we're going to take this place over. These Roman fools are gone, and that's what everybody thought. Well, we get over to this other, we get over, you know, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We get up to this place. We have what, what uh, we go up in this upper room area to have a meal with Jesus. And he tells us like, hey, it's, it's going to come and one of you guys is going to betray me. And then Peter, I, I'm going like, I'll never betray you. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. Are you kidding me? Before the rooster crows twice, you're going to betray me three times. Then after the meal was done, you know, he gave us a bunch of instructions in the meal. Um, like just stuff. We just talked and socialized. And he said, hey, you know, when you do this stuff, do this in remembrance of me. Talked about the bread being his body, you know, which is broken and bruised, you know, which was like bought and paid for, for like our healing and, and his blood being the forgiveness and the cleansing, forgiveness of sin and cleansing from all unrighteousness. And we're like, okay, whatever. We go into this garden. He takes us up to Gethsemane. And he's like, hey, come with me and pray. And we're like, okay, cool. So he goes off in this other place. We're supposed to be praying, but whether we just fell asleep. Next, next time we came, he came back and he's like, what are you doing? You just, you just fell asleep. Come on, guys. Like the hour is near. Happened multiple times. And then he finally came and he's like, hey, it's too late. And we noticed there was like blood on his, on his face. And like, but it wasn't like someone had hit him. It was like he actually was sweating blood. So we knew that like what was going to, what he was thinking about and experiencing was something insane and crazy. Then the guards come, Judas comes, he betrays him. We can't believe it's Judas. I pull out my sword, cut off one of the guards' ears, and then Jesus says, no, man, it's not going to be this way. And he touched his ear, and his ear was healed. They take him away. We all scatter because we're like, I don't want anything to do with this. We're brave for a second, but I don't want anything to do with this. So we all scatter. And we see this, this mockery of a trial where they're like charging him for all these things that he didn't even do. And he's being beaten. He's being broken. He's being bruised. It's just everything. And he's not actually standing up and saying like, Hey, no, none of this is true. He's actually not even like speaking up for himself. And then I was asked first time, you know this, you were with him, you know him. And I was like, I don't know. him. I don't know him. Then another time, someone asked, and I was like, I was like keeping myself warm by some stuff. And I was like, you were with him. You know, you know Jesus. I don't know him. And then a third time it happened. And at that point, I hear the rooster crow two times. And I go, oh my gosh, I've let down the master. What, exactly what he said ha- was going to happen, happened. And I betrayed him. And I just couldn't live with myself. And then I heard about the crucifixion. I heard about how brutal it was. I heard that he was up on this cross and they put a crown of thorns on him and they put this sign over him that said he's the king of the Jews and people mocked him and they were throwing stuff at him and they made, they got the wrong guy. And there was nothing that we could do about it. And then I was in the city and I just felt at one point all the clouds came over and everything shifted. And like, it was like something cracked, like the whole earth shook. 
The whole earth shook, like everything shook. And at the temple, there was the veil that actually tore from top to bottom, which was a total, like, supernatural thing. And then they take Jesus away, because he's dead at this point, and they put him in a tomb. And we're like, it's over. Like, we're just going to go back and do what we used to do. We don't even know. What was this all for nothing? Anyways, then like three days later, we start to get word from some of the women that he's not, he's, he's risen, like he's alive. And we're like, whoa, 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 nah, stop. And then he showed up to us like miraculously. He was there. He just appeared like he was there. Like we couldn't even, we couldn't even believe it. And then he spent like 40 days with us and he would just show up and have, have a meal with us. He showed up to me like, like, like on the beach where we were preparing fish and he said, hey, do you love me? He asked me three times if I loved him. I'm like, of course I love you. And then he said, go out, we'll feed my sheep. Like take care of them. Okay. Then at the end of it, at the end of these 40 days, he gathered us up and he said, hey, I need you to wait because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send the helper. The, the thing I told you about all the time, remember when I told you that if you believed in me, you'd do the same works that I do, but even greater works because I go to the Father. Remember when I told you that the way that's going to happen is because I'm going to send the helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. I need you to wait in Jerusalem. I need you to wait for power. I need you to wait there. So we went to this place. We didn't even know what was up. And then all of a sudden, now, hundreds of people saw Jesus, but there was only 120 of us up in this room. I, I feel like tons of other people could have been there, but it was just us. And then all of a sudden, like a mighty rushing wind, rushing wind this thing comes in, this Holy Spirit comes in, and we're filled with what we feel like is fire, and we begin to speak in different languages. We go out from the room, and we're speaking, and then, then all the other people around Stuff's happening, stuff's falling on them. And people are like freaking out and they're like, these guys are speaking the same language that we speak and we're from some different place. What is going on? This is crazy. And other people are like, they're all drunk. They're all drunk and jacked up. And then I, Peter, stepped up and I said, actually, they're not drunk. This is what was promised. This is what was promised was happened. This is where it all begins. This is where it all begins. This is where we get filled with the Spirit and we go out in power and we accomplish the Great Commission, which is to go out and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said he would be with us till the end of the days. So I wonder, you know, it's in a very abbreviated version, but I wonder where you're at in that. You know, were you... One of the people who's called, I want to tell you right now, you're all called. Every single one of you is called. The, the price for admission is, number one, calling Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. If you've never called him your Lord and Savior, then I want to tell you that now is your time. Now is your time. Now is your time. I'm actually going to go there for a minute. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. If there's anybody here who's never called Jesus their Lord and Savior, feels distant from him, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare right now, I pray right now that you would touch their hearts. It's the greatest decision that you could ever make. It is the entry point. We call you our Lord and our Master, our Lord and our Savior. In the name of Jesus, on the count of three, if that's you, if you've never called him your Lord and Savior, if you feel like you're far from him, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three. One, he loves you. He loves you. He did it all for you. 
He did it all for you. Number two, he has called you to do great and mighty things, but this is the entry point. You've been doing it too long on your own. Now is your time. Three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you right now that you're tugging on hearts. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see the hand. See the hands. Yes, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. You are holy and righteous. This is the moment. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Now, I just would like for everyone to repeat after me, especially those that raise their hands. Lord, I come to you. I declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I give you everything. I repent of my sin and I ask you to wash me clean. I am home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right, awesome. For those of you that made that decision, we have a response lounge right over here. Um, before you leave service, I want you to go out, go out, go to them. We're not done. I'm gonna do one more thing. If you're waiting for power, if you haven't received power, if you're like one of those who's waiting in the room or like, I don't even know what this is talking about. If you just want it, first of all, I'd like everyone to stand on their feet. Go ahead and let's stand on our feet. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential to walk out the kingdom life. Without it, guys, it's impossible. Without it, you will wear yourself out. So right now, if you feel a hunger, you're just like, I don't really know what he's talking about, but I want that. I want to do crazy stuff. I want to be a kingdom person, and I want to walk out the things, and I want to find out what I don't know. Like me, nine years ago, I didn't know what I didn't know. So if, if you could, if everyone just turned their palms up towards heaven, close their eyes. If that's you and you're like, I want this, the hunger is the first part. We're gonna ask, we're gonna believe, and we are gonna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be something like what happened on the day of Pentecost. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want you to raise your hand. Go ahead and put your hand up, don't be shy. If you see someone with their hand raised, it's okay, go ahead and, go ahead and open your eyes. I want you to reach your hands out towards them. I just want you to repeat after me, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I give you everything, my body, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my heart, and my will. Lord, I surrender them to you. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and fire right now in Jesus' name. Now I'm just going to pray and those around pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit fall right now on your people. If you have your heavenly language, begin to stir it up. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your spirit fall on your people. In the name of Jesus, you respond to faith. In the name of Jesus, we declare by faith. In Jesus' name, you may feel a stirring that's coming up in your stomach. 
Just let it out. Let it out. It's called the gift of tongues. It's called the gift of tongues. That's right. Just let it fly. Let it fly. Father, touch your people. Touch your people. Give them the gift that was promised that allows us to do greater works, that allows us to accomplish the work which you have out for us. We partner right now with you, Holy Spirit. Empower us to live that Spirit-led life of power and love and faith, which are all your fingerprints, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I bind every devil in Jesus' name, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of unbelief, every spirit of confusion. I bind in the name Christ, every spirit of disqualification, the lies of the enemy that say this ain't for you, I cancel in the name of Jesus and burn up with fire right now. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.